Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Inspire Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message inspire you, that it builds your faith, and that it can help you see how God desires to move in your life. Enjoy the message. We're in a series called Different. I believe that when God calls us, He calls us to a different life, to that which is of the world. So when I say different, I'm not saying weird, but I'm talking about a better different. And over the last few weeks, we've spoken about we are called to live a different life. We live called. We have the power of God within us. So what does that mean to live called? I believe what it means is that we can walk this world with our head high, shoulders back, knowing that we are children of the living God. We are called into fellowship. We are called to be saints. We're set apart. We're called to make God famous just where we are, in the workplace, in the university, in the school. We are called to make God famous. We are called to be managers of what God has entrusted into our lives. That is our time, our relationship, our resource, our finances. Also, it's good news that God works everything together for good to those who are called according to his purposes. Isn't it great news that we are the called of God? We are called with a sense of commitment. I believe the greatest joys in life is found in a committed heart. You find a person that is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a joy within their life beyond the trials and everything else that happens in life. We are called with a sense of purpose. God has put us on this earth for a reason, and that is that we may find him and that we may make him famous in everything we say and do. Also, we are called to be a blessing. It's not all about us. Yeah, God wants us to be blessed, but let the blessing flow out to others. So as you can see, we are called. But also, I believe that as we live this called life and as we live this different life, I believe that our prayers will be different. We can pray with confidence and faith. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 reads like this. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I want to encourage us to pray three different kinds of prayers. I want us to begin to pray different prayers, not safe prayers or what we call beige prayers or run-of-the-mill prayers. You know, so much of what we do pray is generic, it's predictable, it's safe, like bless me, bless my food, keep me safe, or give me a parking spot so I don't have to walk so far to the shopping center, or I'm running out of fuel, help me get to the petrol station, you know, those kind of like emergency kind of prayers. And all those prayers are good, and I've probably prayed them many a times myself over my life. How about something 
different? How about prayers that have the potential to redirect your life and to lift you higher in life and in the things of God and in every aspect of your life? I want to suggest that we learn to pray three prayers, and I want to touch on the first one this morning, and that is, search me. The second one is, break me. The third one is, send me. King David's prayer in Psalms 139 verses 1 to 6 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You comprehend or you understand my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And then he says in verses 7 and 8, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I try to go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Verse 13 says, you formed my inward parts. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Then in verses 23 and 24, David changes a little bit and he says this. Already knowing that God knows everything, he prays this prayer a bit further and he says this. Search me. O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is a wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I just for the next few moments want to break down this verse or these two verses and share some truths that I believe can change our lives. Are you ready? Number one is search me. Search me and know my heart. As we've already said, God knows everything about me. So what is David praying here, and what's the understanding of this verse? I believe that God knows everything about us, but he wants us to know some things about us. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, it reads like this, the human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Aren't you so glad you tuned in this morning? I've got good news. It does get better. You see, I'm not talking about living a life of introspection, but I believe it's good for us sometimes just to stop and self-examine. Corinthians says this, let a man examine himself. And I believe it's good for us to open our hearts and allow God to search our hearts, not so much for sin or anything like that, but to reposition ourselves with the almighty God. And if something needs to be shifted, yes, God, in your searching, we will say amen to that. This is talking about God search me. Not God search my neighbor or search my friend or 
search my sister or my brother. No, God's not talking about us searching each other. God is talking about him searching us. It's not talking about us judging others. Matthew 7, 1 to 5 says this, Judge not, and you will not be judged. For with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck, little speck, in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? And how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck in your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? The Bible's pretty strong here. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. But just let me note at this time, there are times to have conversations out of concern for others. But what the Word of God is saying to us here in Psalms, hey, let us always search ourselves. You know, we cannot tell the motives of others. We may see actions, but God looks at the heart. And then it goes on to here to say is that the, the heart is most deceitful. And when I read that, I just thought, boy, I'm a Christian. But that's why the Bible encourages us to guard your heart with all diligence. And then he says, number two, reveal my fears. Verse 23 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. That word anxiety means fear or apprehension. And in our world today, there is so much fear. There's so much apprehension. There always has been, but in this season, there seems to be more fear, more anxiety, more worry. And with this anxieties, it has physical sensations. So here's the question. What makes you anxious or what makes you afraid? I'm not talking about spiders or snakes or being afraid of the dark. I'm talking about anxieties. I remember once I was on an airplane and I had an anxiety attack. It was one of the most scariest experiences I've ever had in my life. That was just the once off. I just wonder if people have those kind of anxieties hanging around their life where they're just almost feeling overwhelmed. And here the word of God is encouraging us to search me, O God, know my heart, try me, and know my anxieties. You see, what we fear most reveals where we need to trust God the most. That is pretty cool. What we fear the most reveals where we need to trust God the most. You know, if I'm losing my job, man, I need, need you, God. I need you in my life. If I've got marriage pressure, God, learn, teach me how to trust you. Bringing up kids, God, help me. And I believe God says, hey, do your best and trust God for the rest. Or not having enough. We look to God as our provider. Some people fear letting other people down, and that becomes a real anxiety in their life. 
or we have that sense of inadequacy where we're never good enough for people. We're not good enough for God. We could never be good enough to fulfill the dream that we feel that God's placed upon our heart. I just want to encourage you today. We must have a love to please God and to love God beyond anything else. More than our fear of failing, more than the rejection of people, we understand that we have a God that loves us. 1 John 4 and verse 18 reads like this, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I just want to encourage you, don't let that verse condemn you, but understand that we bring our fears to God and allow him to perfect his love within our lives. And the more we know the love of God within our life, the more we're going to be free from our anxieties and fears. Always understand this. What we identify, we can deal with. And I want to encourage you in moments, just want to identify the anxiety and the fear and bring it to God, bring it to people that can pray with you and believe that God is going to help us break through in Jesus' name. The third point is this, uncover my sins. Now, I'm talking this in the reference, it's just God and you together. Psalms 139 and verse 24 says this, See if there is any wicked or offensive way in me. You see, as individuals, we only see what we see about us. We all have our blind spots. We can't see what we can't see. We know what we know about ourselves. So in the light of that, I've built things into my life. I don't always get it right, but I've built things into my life that I can keep my relationship right with God. And it's just six levels. It's six points because I know that my heart can deceive me. And if we can understand that there is a potential for each one of us, for our hearts to deceive us, it does some motivating within our life that presses us into God. The first thing I look at is, how do I feel in God's presence? Do I feel a conviction? Do I feel warmness? How do I feel in the presence of God? Number two is, how do I feel in the presence of godly? If my heart is being deceived, I'm going to feel uncomfortable when I'm around godly people. The third point is, what are others trying to tell me? I'm not talking about a one-off, but more than two people. What are they trying to tell me? Because I have blind spots. Number four is, what have I rationalized for some time? I'm coping with it. I'm putting it off. Maybe we just need to stop for a moment and let God deal with that. Point number five is stay in the Word. You see, the Word of God is a lamp. It gives light to our feet. It gives light into our life. God's Word is our strength. God's Word is our director. Number six is, where am I most defensive or reactive? 
if someone is saying something to me and I begin to react or if I get defensive, I've learned to pull myself up a bit and say, why am I reacting? This is hitting a nerve. This is hitting something in my life. I should not be a reactor. I should be a responder. And I just commit that to the Lord. You know, the reaction could come from my possessions, my money. The reaction could come from an addiction, a gossip, or a critical attitude, or lying, or disobeying, or reacting against what you know is truth, or being unforgiving, or being revengeful. Would you pray? Search me. Reveal my anxieties. Uncover my sins not to be exposed to the world, but just between me and God so that we can create a pathway of forgiveness and love that we can move forward. The fourth point is this, lead me. Verse 24 says this of Psalms 139, see if there is any wicked or offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to tell you when God works upon your life, it's not to throw you over the cliff. It's not to put you in the pit. It's to lead you on the path of everlasting life and blessing within your life. Take confidence from that today. Psalms 5 and verse 8 reads like this. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your path straight before my face. Psalms 143 and verse 10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God, your spirit is good, lead me in the land of uprightness. And a psalm we all know, Psalms 23 and verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, he leads me by the still waters. I want to tell you, my friends, it's a great thing to be led by God. Isaiah 30 and verse 21, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand, I want to encourage you, God is good. He wants you and me to learn his voice. I believe the sheep hear his voice. If you're a new Christian or developing, you need to develop the voice of God within your life. And the best place to do that is in healthy fellowship. My continuous prayer is this, that God, I want you more than anything else. I want to love you. I want to please you. Help me to have a healthy fear of you. I want to tell you, don't let us become legalistic. This is about having an ongoing relationship with God. Thank God he has given us guardrails that will lead us in the way everlasting. You know, on highways, on bends, and sometimes in straight areas, you've got those guardrails that if you go off the road a bit, you hit the guardrail and you bounce back onto the road again. I believe that God has given us guardrails. As we've already said, he's given us his word. He's given us prayer. I want to encourage you, keep on developing a soft heart. I believe that is a guardrail. Have healthy fellowship. Have a listening ear. Desire to grow in the things of God. Have a love for truth that goes beyond just having a life of convenience. You see, denying the truth, I found this over my life, denying the truth, does not change the facts. If you will acknowledge the truth, 
It's the truth that sets you free in Jesus' name. You see, whatever you discover in your life as you walk with God, it reveals our need of him in that area. And the best time I find to deal with any issue within your life, it's to deal with it or begin to deal with it when the Holy Spirit starts to bring that to your heart and to your mind and your understanding. I want to close with a verse, and I hope it's your prayer today. Psalms 51 reads like this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. King David was a man that had a heart after God. He didn't live his whole life in introspection, but he knew the times he had to take out and just allow God to search his heart. And even sometimes when he was on the wrong path, he had the humility to come back to God and say, God, search me, reveal my fears, uncover my sin, and lead me in the path of everlasting. Thanks again for joining us. If you have any questions or simply for more information regarding Inspire Church, visit us at inspirechurch.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. It's our prayer that you live inspired by the Word of God and more alive in Him than ever before. Until next time.